I'm recording. Oh god, I'm podding. <laughs> I'm recording. Audio oh, I've podded all over my pants. <laughs> podding, podding. How can you have any podding if you won't eat your meat? <laughs> Three, two, one. I'm Luke Summerhays. I'm James J. Miles. I'm James the Jaster Stewart. And you're listening to Monster Mash. And on this week's episode, we are hunting a smattering of subspecies and variants. But first, Violet Mizutsune. And his son. Play the mash. They played the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a Jericho coming down. Now you know. Oh, bring the wall down. Violet Mitsutsune are leviathans known for their beautiful lilac-colored fur. They used they use the fluid they secrete to slide around, targeting their prey with gas-filled bubbles. Though they appear graceful creatures, the facade quickly fades as they envelop themselves in pale flames and bathe their surroundings in a beautiful but deadly inferno of white-hot flame. Its hunger satisfied, the beast rests, oblivious to the approaching threat. Too late now to escape. Its fate to become pitiful prey or what appears to be prey, struggling in vain to flee, soon becomes a beguiling and the hunter finds itself the hunted. So I didn't expect us to get a Mizutsune subspecies variant. Subspecies? Mm. This variant. one? Variant. Yeah, variant. Va- Christ, I don't know the fucking difference. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, um, it's I did not expect like that to be... before, man. It's like, yeah. it's up in the air and what you can call them. Yep. But, um... Or it might even be rare species. Because that was... <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> Make up your mind, Capcom. Come and on. they confuse it. They've confused it even more. Like, it's crazy. Like, how much they've confused it by, like, certain things that they mentioned, like, in the... Title updates and info like dumps or like new stuff coming out. Like I'm pretty sure they mislabeled Violet Misses I need to start with. Which just They probably don't fucking know themselves. Yep. <laughs> They've got no clue of themselves. But yeah, I didn't expect us to get a, a subspecies for um I am gonna call it a subspecies if fucking cares for uh um, is it any but mm. pleasantly surprised with this lad actually, once we finally got to fight him. I didn't expect to get one, but if I did, I expected it to be fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, it's like, it's, kind of, it's more interesting fire though, right? It's white hot, flame. 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't, don't get me wrong. I'm into it, and it's like, it's like a liquid flame, like a, you know, like a napalm or a phosphorus or something. It is a cool, different look. It's not just mm. breathing fire. But after the discussion we had last week, I can't not bring up the fact that yeah, here's another fire one. Yeah, yeah. And I just looked it up as as in fact rare species. Okay, good. <laughs> um, they do be sizzling. So, the Violet Mizutsune, am I right in saying, draws quite heavily from, what's it called, Soul, the the, the Deviant. Soul Seer, the Deviant. Generations. I don't know, like, it's, can I guess so in some, like, ways, but, like, still. I don't remember. Very much, like, one thing, like, because, like, they had, because you had, obviously, you had Apex. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mitsuzuni and like Base Rise, which is more like Soul Soul Seer Deviant. I don't remember fighting Soul Seer much because it was one of the ones that was exclusive to um, Ultimate. It wasn't. Yeah, we didn't we didn't do like a lot of Deviants. Like I can't even really talk on. I thought I remember fighting the Generations Deviants a lot, but by the time we got to Ultimate, there was just so many. Mm -hmm. Well, and also yeah, we were playing a Japanese one. They were just hard to like level up as well. Like no system was just really difficult. Like you have to either individually do it yourself or do it together as a kind of group. Mm. But someone yeah. was still gaining all those levels for the, that particular quest and no one else. Yarp. So fair enough, I don't, that was yeah. just maybe, maybe just the colour of the, the flames being kind of mm. that purpley blue maybe gave me that gave me that comparison. But um, it, was, it was, like yeah. I bet your associate was kind of more kind of flame related though. I think you're right in that sense in terms of its bubbles. Mm. I think what makes Violet Mizzou today a more interesting fire subspecies than than the other ones we've spoken about is how it uses the flames. Like it, it kind of almost creates hard to describe. Well, like kind of almost, like the floating attacks it does, like the kind of homing on you. Mm. It's not just here's a Mizutsune, and now instead of shooting a jet of water, it shoots a jet of fire. You know, it's... There's a bit more thought <laughs> put into this, shall we say, than 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 maybe some other uh, fire subspecies we've had in the past. So Yeah, it does some cool and unique moves. Mm. The, and they're cool and unique moves based on the fact that it has a slightly different kind of fire than you're often seeing. Yes. Like, when it makes that ring of fire, it's like, that makes sense because this is shooting out like a sort of burning liquid. Mm-hmm. So it's creating these patterns, and then, I mean, I, I can't sit here and give you a good excuse why it has a spirit bomb, but I'm glad it does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's that's according to Jazz quite a rare move, um, the spirit bomb. And, yeah. and it's not that the moves rare, right? It's that pulling off getting it to explode on him is rare. Not like when on the move in general, like when me okay. and Jay like fought it for the first time, it just I was like sitting there waiting for it to happen, and it just didn't happen, and then we killed it. Yeah. I, I like, feel like it did like twice when me and my brother fought it, so maybe you just you just smashed it real fast when you mm, did it. Probably, perhaps, probably as a, like a time thing, but I don't feel like such we're, pro gamers. You I don't know. think we were too long in that quest there that we just don't know either. Like, Twelve minutes, yeah. Well, like, you know, yeah, listeners might cool. disagree. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, very cool. I mean, um, anything that gives gives me an idea of uh, Dragon Ball Z. Always a big thumbs up for me. So yeah, fun mechanic to it as well. With the obviously you've got to attack the monster mm. to turn it back in on itself. Otherwise, it will just track 
one of the hunters and wipe them out. We don't do enough damage in time. Is that just like pretty much a near, near enough a one hit KO if it hits you, or? No idea. Like, like it's the first time I saw it. it was oh, fair. Oh, okay. So well, like, know. and uh, by myself, but I saw it in videos, but I only saw the other clips I saw is just people succeeding at the, the yeah, mechanic. Yeah, not failing it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think if it hits you, it's going to do a big chunk like, of damage, it, but it also has a huge wind up, so it's not like you can't get out of there. Tempted to go in, and even just, if like, you're not going to pull it off. Wait about for like forty minutes in the quest to see how to detonate it. <laughs> quite like mechanics like that that aren't that don't feel like they've got a really tight cut off like a really tight dps check pretty much because mm-hmm. i know if i remember rightly when we we're speaking about some of the post iceborne monsters um they started introducing that as a mechanic where you had to do quite a lot of damage to the monster yeah. to knock out of a move and the cutoffs were quite tight from what i remember you saying jess or it was just in general like they were kind of you basically write up like fail the quest like if you never hit like the DPS checks like especially like I'm thinking like military on because it done mm. like eschaton like judgment move and it was just basically a big nova that you can't avoid. And I think that's what what kind of turned me off Iceborne's post release stuff is just that it felt like they were maybe overturning the difficulty to such a degree. I know people are complaining about that. Well, I think probably the, the opposite way. But I think personally, that's maybe a vocal minority that are complaining about that. I think most people are going to be happy enough just to be able to beat the monster, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, and you still get the satisfying aspect of you know you're doing damage to the violence you know, you, you, you get the big satisfying impact of the the flames where you're dropping on it. And I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't imagine it to be as punishing as the likes of a you know instant cart, instant triple cart, perhaps even. Like you would get with the likes of Alatreon, it probably would do either a huge chunk of damage or maybe if you hit get hit by the episode, maybe cart one hunter at most. You know. Yeah, I'm assuming the sphere doesn't get much bigger. Like I don't see it like going the entire arena and hitting everyone. Like it probably just tracks like one player, like the smaller bubbles do. Like the smaller bubbles do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is it is a fair like that's much more fair fair mechanic than like your DPS checks and nice one. I think how it uses those smaller bubbles and the way it still, you know, slides around on the still with the fire and blasts it out, it it really still leans into Mizutsune's whole kind of design ethos of the fight almost being like a dance. Mm-hmm. Um, like, isn't that what the skill's called? Is it a bubbly dance or bubbly dance? Yeah, bubbly dance. Bubbly dance. Yeah. Yeah. So like they've nice. always had that as a as a vibe in the monster, and I I, I definitely feel that with the with the way it moves and you know utilizes the flame orbs to to enhance the dance shall we say um so yeah i've got a lot of time for the development as to say a lot of time indeed i have a lot of time for it the one thing i don't i am a little disappointed by visually doesn't really pop for me i get that it's quite a muted violet right like you can tell it's yeah it's violet but it's not if you look from a distance you you'd be like that's just a visit isn't it <laughs> yeah or if you're colorblind, you're like, yeah, that's just the isn't it? That's it, that's it. I don't, I don't know for sure what I would have wanted them to do instead to, like, spice it up more, because the original's already, like, quite colourful, so maybe going mm. dull is the way to be different, but they should have gone full fog and given us, like, a 
edgy black one, right? Give it. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm <laughs> do that enough, black and red. So. Do that enough. <laughs> black and red, obviously. Yep. Stigians and all the scored Magnum Wallow, just the name to you know. Yep. Full on black and red color palette. I'll be up for that. That was Magnum Wallow. Awesome. Um. Fury Bowser. Fury. <laughs> So, the way it kind of uses like f- the flate, like the, the orbs, they're they're a bit different, but it does remind me a little bit of like the flame wisps that Magda Mallow uses okay, the, yeah, the Hellfire. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So I'm guessing this is kind of leading into a little bit of the kind of vengeful spirit mythos, a little bit maybe. I mean, yeah, it... well, I mean, um, like obviously, Mizutane has always been based on like a Kitsune. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that same uh, like Will of the Wisps are called Foxfire in Japanese mm. and they're believed to be caused by um, Kitsune and it's, like, it's meant to be like the fo- sometimes it's said it's like it's a fox wedding and it's like yeah. them carrying the lanterns that's why that's with the reference like the, the armour yeah. for like Mitsu is like the fox kind of wedding attire almost mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's like Shinto wedding attire yeah, yeah. and then yeah, so it, obviously it had the bubbles before. If they make a fire one, then sort of the bubbles get swapped out for those kind of Foxfire Will of the Wisps. So it does make sense in that way. Was that like... Yeah, it's not quite It's not quite the same as, like, with Magna Malo, it's meant to be, like, specifically ghosts, like that kind of vengeful, like, fire. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is, yeah, it's just, like, it's standard fox magic, because foxes are very magic. Was that, um, slight totally unrelated to Monster Hunter here, but was that like Nine Tails's like signature move first while in Pokemon, like Will of the Wisp? Uh, I don't know if it was a signature move, but yeah, it was I think that move is called Foxfire in Japanese. Which makes Maybe. sense. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, obviously Nine Tails is based very much on the same thing. I presume talk about the armor there for the Mizutsune, I presume the Violet Mrs. Armor is just a recall of that. Yeah, pretty much. Let me take a look at the now. It's pretty similar. Fair enough. Fleeman Espinas, I guess. Well, this will be quick. Yep, on you go. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't put up the description because it has this stupid poem in there as well and I can never remember which one's which I'm just looking at game I don't know if I've got it in game it is a title update right it was yeah yeah but I haven't thought it yeah Oh, fuck off, you cunt. <laughs> I had it on my screen and then an advert pops up and everything moved. And I was it on fandom.wiki? Is that what you're on? Yeah. I hate that website. I don't know what they've done, but it's such yeah. a pain to use. These days. They've, just, they've just sold every single inch of screen. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I in was... um, Talladega Nights when Ricky Bobby <clears> sells a, his windscreen to Fig Newtons. <laughs> I always look for like a 
a dot wiki when you consider a wiki or fandom because it's just you're gonna have a miserable time otherwise flaming espinas an espinas subspecies with a slightly more muted body color the boldness of the standard espinas remains run-of-the-mill attacks won't rouse flaming espinas from their slumber their breath attack contains a powerful poison and a dense acid that deteriorates armor. Take this attack head on, and you won't stand a chance. Um, can you just copy and paste our Espinas episode in here, and we'll, uh, we'll and do a little bit of the big fireball. We could just mention that flaming Espinas is brown instead of green. Yep. <laughs> um, so you've not fought this one, Luke? No. I don't think so. No. Uh, you have though. You have. Right, because it's just Espinas. Right? Yes, <laughs> it, it it really is. Like uh, okay, that's maybe I did a bit a bit of a disservice because mm. it does have its, it's one got, kill move. It's got a few more powerful attacks. Yeah, um, the hits harder as you'd expect, and the 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 whole reason I'm supposed to even talk about it is the the part where it hovers up and then just starts pretty much bombing the battlefield with uh, massive fireballs. Um. Yeah, like it rears all the way up, didn't it? Like it's yeah. Almost yeah, always, uh, I know it's a flying weapon that's only got like kind of hind legs, but like kind of rears up in that kind of way. You would normally see like a double jaw, like the mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It stops like kind of spewing flames and explosions everywhere. So from that aspect, it is cool, but I mean. I think we said in a previous episode, maybe the last one, about some of the subspecies feeling like they should just be master rank versions of the original monster. And I guess whilst Espinas doesn't have that advantage because it was was never in high rank, was never wasn't in base rise. This kind of feels like what it might have done. It might have had a new like super move like that. Um, mm. Because other than that. Like I just I, I I don't get why they've made a flat fire subspecies of a fire just, monster. I don't it's understand. It's just kind of like they just have like it's because of the mechanics of like the skills and stuff. It's like they just want kind of the reason they kind of create subspecies in general is like to have like side side grade options of the base monsters like armor. Hmm. That's basically the way I've always like taken it. Like that's why you just. So you've got like a side grade option or something that's slightly different. Yeah, I suppose normal one is that makes that makes sense because if you're looking at it from like a mechanical standpoint, and obviously that's a big you you're into your 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 you know many builds to use every weapon, all that jazz. I think for me, it's the the, the part that having different armor options isn't as important. So mm-hmm. yeah, I I want. The monster, for yeah, the monster. Purely, right? purely for the design. Yeah, you. I understand that. Like, you want the design to be kind of pop in a certain way, and, mm-hmm. or be like kind of feel totally different from like the original monster, which Flaming Espinas just really doesn't. Bar a couple of moves, as we've already mentioned. Like, just I've got one hunt on my my hunter card here. I don't think I've got any interest to go for another. <laughs> like, genuinely. Tell you what though, like he's the flaming espinas of like his armor skills are like great. Like the intrepid heart is like superb. It's like the what was the mantle in Iceborne? Like the rock steady. 
manually. Oh, let's just take it's a like that. It like, it's like that, but it builds up, like you build up a meter over time from pitch that you're doing for your weapon. And you basically, you can absorb a hit and it releases an explosion at the same time and does damage to the monster. So it's a good kind of backup, like if you want to be like really aggressive, like I have that happen mm-hmm. when, I, when I play Hammer. Like just being like overly aggressive and like when I, I just run Intrepid Heart on that and it's just, allows me to be aggressive like all the time and get extra damage mm-hmm. out or take a hit on a move that maybe like mistimed or something like that. It's a great skill. Yeah, that sounds cool. But shame it's attached to... Yeah, a, a very boring monster <laughs> that you kind of, you don't yeah. want to fight a whole lot, I get it. Like I don't like, I've not fought him a whole bunch either. I'll do him for my own urgent, but yeah, that'll be it. Thanks. But from what you're telling me, who knows? Maybe I'll be like, you guys are crazy. Flaming Espinas is the bomb. He's so different. <laughs> I feel like a whole new man since battling <laughs> Flaming Espinas. Consult your pharmacist today. <laughs> yeah, I fought him a grand total of three times. One of which was for me, right? So, yeah. Which was enough lucky enough to get like two of these armor pieces that I needed for the use of that skill, so. Oh, do me. These weapons are really good, though, as well. Should mention that too. Like they've got a kind of unique mechanic that that when in the description they say they're just basically kind of fire weapons, but they've also got like they've got hidden poison element to them. So like fire mm. and poison. Like, okay, that is cool. Is kind of, See, kind of neat. that that makes me want to fight the monster more. I guess so I can understand again from a mechanical standpoint how they give this monster a bit of zhuzh, you know, but. Still, <laughs> just like I want a cool yeah. weapon and a cool monster. Why can't like, we have Here's both? your brown espinas. <laughs> yes. Oh well. And imagine we should mention as well, like they are. Yes, espinas. As these are both monsters from Frontier, like right. So I imagine, yeah. like in the Frontier games, these are probably like dialed up to like a hundred mm. in terms of like the mechanics in that game, like from what I've like heard. But it's just like, crazy, kind of pay-to-win mechanics that game's got and the monsters just do crazy fucking moves. For me, the interesting thing about Espinas had always been the multiple elements, right? So a weapon that has that is very cool. Gormagala that have fallen into chaos having been denied their evolution into Shagaru Megala. They maintain their original power, while possessing the potential of Shagaru Megala, making them incredibly unstable. Sometimes this leads them to fall into a state of anguish and violence. When attacking their prey, they repeatedly fold and unfurl their wings, as if to show their internal struggle with their own form. It is 2000's Edgelord, the monster. And I love him. It's basically like the the incel of Monster Hunter, right? <laughs> it's not. No. <laughs> it's like it's it, it, it's not capable of growing up, so it's taking its anger out on the world. It's just a perpetual teenager. <laughs> on the surface, but like in the real terms of it, like because it can't molt into the Shigaru, like it's it is actually suffering because it's a dying monster. Yeah, it's got a tragic backstory, which is you know. Just enhance the edge. I mean, yeah. didn't think the Gore Megala was edgy enough. Here's <laughs> chaotic Gore. Like, what if he's an edgy Gore Megala, but he's dying. He's in pain. 
I mean, his strength. It does. It really captures one of the base human fears of getting stuck in a sleeping bag and not being able to unzip it. <laughs> As a mirror to our deepest, darkest feelings. <laughs> Don't ruin chaotic core for me. <laughs> I really like this monster. This I was do kind as of well, a. But it... This monster was kind of like a. Uh, um. Like a bit of a white whale monster, I suppose, because I know Jazz, you'd spoken about it, you know, wanting it to come back and mm-hmm. never ever getting it. And when we got Gore, there was that little thought of going, could it happen? Could we finally get chaotic Gore? Um, and we did, and we did. And uh, yeah, I, I think from from a design standpoint, obviously, I'm I'm all about this monster. Like I, I love Gore Megal; it's my favorite monster, and I I just I like the idea of what they've done with Chaotic Gore and um from a fight standpoint though again I've only fought it once in this game so I don't have a great impression of of this and I could be totally wrong but from a fight standpoint it wasn't super different from Gore mm. uh, but it is cool in that you can see the Shagaru Megala elements coming into play so actually. Maybe I'm being a bit, a bit mean on it. I think it is a. a yeah, it's like I, I like the aspect of like he mixes his, he's mixing his moves up. It's, it's almost like he can't control it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like he rears back in weird ways, like for like. Obviously, he's clearly a monster in pain. And then he just yeah, like, I will give you automatically thrown out like the Shigaru beam, like half beams. It's kind of it's a cool concept. I really like it. I will give you that it's the Charmeleon. Of, po- but, of Monster Hunter. But Charme- it's Charmeleon if he suddenly sprouted Charizard's wings but he couldn't actually get his body and he's just writhing around on the ground going, Ash! Ash! Put me out my misery, Ash! Help me! Kill me! <laughs> that's how I remember that, that season. Am I wrong? <laughs> yeah. That's how it ended. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um... So yeah, I'm um, big big thumbs up to Chaotic Gore. Um, what's its? Does it have a cool like? I, I pretty remember. I'm pretty sure I remember the armor skill being pretty interesting on it as well. There's one I can earmark as hmm, maybe I'll go yeah, for that. Yeah, they got a couple of like new skills on it. Strife will pull on just now. Strife increases elemental attack and affinity in proportion of to the length of your red health gauge, and which obviously it's got in Berserk. It's the other one. Switch to the blue swap scroll and all vitality will change to the red gauge and start decreasing. As long as you have red red health, you cannot faint. Yeah, that's oh, it. Like, it, it drains your health and like all its other skills that it goes with it like kind of, they gel together like really well and it's kind of like... It's like, a, like it's, a super mode. It's the ultimate vampire build that people always used to make like in the previous games like, like just people that build for like survivability rather than like DPS. Yeah, Here you can basically you can build it to like basically have both. <laughs> so it's like it's like a it's a shut your brain off and it kind of if you can deal with like have an health, if you can deal with your health drain constantly. It's like the dereliction from the guys McGon as well. Yeah. In a way, except I think I made I made the set and like I've used it like once or twice and I just I can't get used to that kind of play style. Yeah. It's, it's too much for me to to be watching my health and 
make sure I'm keeping it topped up. But there's ways around it if you build it a certain way. So it's yeah. defi- definitely an interesting little playstyle. Okay. Cool idea. And again, kind of leans into the Chaotic Lore's whole backstory about it, you know, dying but being more powerful because it's dying <laughs> in a way. So. Yeah. Yeah, the, that, that. the like rights and like the skill names as well, right? Berserk and Strife. Mm. Perfect edgy names. <laughs> Death throws. This would be um this would be Jack from Stranger of Paradise's favourite monster. He would love this guy. Yeah, but he would still tell him to shut up when he's bitching about his backstory. <laughs> yes, he would. Chaotic core like I <laughs> I've I was trying to become an elder dragon. And then here he comes. Bullshit. Turns on Lincoln Park, walks away, does not elaborate. Crawling in his skin. Yeah. That's. That a lot. Um, have you got any thoughts on, for example, Risen Monsters, Jess? What to say? <laughs> they're just like they're just souped up like elder dragons, like kind of like almost like the the arc tempered. Yeah, I see. Monsters sort of like ice born. So, even though that was like wasn't just the elder dragons that was it or was it? Forget. Uh, there's not some yeah. There's not some cool zombie mechanic to them or anything like that. They do, like, they kind of, they power up, like, it's part of, like, the whole kind of endgame loop thing with the, the curios and the afflicted monsters, and, like, the elder dragons are the only ones that overcome the affliction of the curios. Oh, okay, no, so, so how do afflicted monsters work? I haven't thought many of them. So, f- afflicted, they, they're the ones that have the curios, like, tied onto them, mm. and you've got to, you've got to, like, like smash the curio balls and then they'll cute like they're on their body like their body like on their weak points and if you hit them enough the, the curio balls will like burst and then eventually if you burst enough of them the monster will topple if you don't burst enough of them in time the monster will pretty much explode and do a massive like area-wide damage which um, will will stun you as well if you hit by it if you've not stunned yes yeah, pretty nasty Cool from so a yeah, like aspect, the, I suppose, yeah. that they've So there isn't the, like the there isn't elder dragons are like are basically that, but like obviously they've overcame the affliction and they don't have like that same kind of mechanic where you're popping the curios like on each kind of spot. They just over time, like as you fight them, they power up and they kind of get stronger, and then you unleash like the risen curio mode, and then you do enough. It's a kind of again DPS slight DPS check. Do enough damage over time, they pop and like topple, and then they kind of fight them long enough that they can do it a couple of times. So they can be interesting fights. It's like it's just like this super end game kind of fight if you want to fight something like really really difficult. I see. Which you know usually I do not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're usually, those are monsters that are like on the edge for me as well, like, mm. or like learning fights, but like, those usually kind of, they get to a tipping point where I'm just like, do I really want to learn this, like, super hard monster? 
Maybe. Fair maybe we've got like a weapon only like once or twice, but if back in the day when we were playing, you know, multiple times a week, every week, mm. we would have gotten into a monster like this, but unfortunately, we're old men. Yep. You just innocent yep. men. <laughs> I didn't expect that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, we finish up, do the do the end bits, and you can you collect yourself. Yeah. <coughs> yeah what? Um, so we're doing sit down next. Is that right? Yeah. 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 <coughs> much spoken about all the monsters that are out right now. We might have another monster episode depending on what comes out in title update 5. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, but for now we're going to talk about the area that was added in Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak. Much like we did with the areas in the base game. Uh, next episode we're going to be chatting all about the Citadel and the little beasties and endemic life that live within. So make sure you join us for that one. Until then, Mr. Luke Summer, he's where can we be found? We can be found on Twitter at Monster Mash Pod. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Make sure you search Monster Mash Podcast. Tell your friends, like and subscribe, rate and review. And if you look deep in your own heart and you think about Monster Hunter and you think about your best friends in the whole world, you'll see a little tiny James J. Miles waving back at you. <laughs> and uh, Jazz, what can they tweet at Andyman949 this week? You can tweet at Andyman949 and ask him, are we really innocent men? <laughs> and he will give you a list of our crimes. <laughs> <laughs> Not least of Rich, they started recording on a weeknight and I can't do it because I have to go to bed early. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant impression of Andy there. Well, until then, catch us next time. See ya. Cheerio.